0: You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about the variety of topics covered on the show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17 Com. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider becoming a monthly donor to support my work and allow it to continue to go on and be free for all to access for as low as 99 cents a month visit the support the show link on my site's homepage for more information. Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 karat kpop, and welcome back to the monthly best releases of the month episode. Today I've got a ton of kpop and jpop recommendations for you. The usual caveats apply, there are only 20 slots, I listen to literally hundreds of releases every month, so narrowing it down is never easy and I'm not coming for your faves or whatever if they're not on this list. Nothing personal, I just try to have as objective as possible of a music critic mentality when choosing and ranking these best releases. Really looking at the quality, if it's giving me something different from the artist, what makes it memorable in good ways, aesthetics, talent on display, all kinds of stuff. So looking at those variables, so I apologize to those whose faves didn't make the cut, only 20 slots, and stay till the end of the show because maybe your fave made it to the honorable mentions list. Let's kick this off right away with number 20 in the countdown. Murray with the album Splash in the music video for the track of the same name. I will admit this is kind of just a continuation of their debut album, Killa, So the reasons this comeback stands out are not for taking a different direction, although their music video story, I guess, is doing that a bit. But in terms of the B-sides, in this case, more of the same is appreciated. We haven't got a full album from them yet, so to get more of what the first EP had to offer is fine by me. Very fun electronic meets pop bangers, although there is also a pop rock leaning song in Don't Stop. There's a really epic beat drop in Bang Up. AT's energy is strong there. Last notable thing is, this may just be me, but Sugar sounds like it borrowed from the instrumental for Now or Never by SF9. Notable similarities there, and I'm not complaining. Number 19, Yawn Yawn. With a pair of singles under the EP name Rain Star, in the Rainstar music video. Yon Yon is one of those artists who artfully uses that auto-tune, always electronifies her voice in that way I find really pleasing to listen to. So she's got a really unique voice, and reminds me a bit of some Avril Lavigne with her the chanting in her chorus for Rainstar, which is a super fun mascot featuring school gym party situation. And also made me think, because of the hot pink hair, oh my gosh, her and Alexa have to do something together. Anyway, this pair of singles on this album is more classic yon-yon. Very catchy and interesting voice. Number 18. Anonymous, ending with a Z, with her new EP, Essence. For Ariana Grande fans to check out, I think. Because, similarly... Anonymous's voice is really just beautiful and captivating, and she's got a bit of doo-wop influence in her sound, but it's also very pop still. She's got sax riffs in there and trumpets and also a piano ballad, cool violin sounds in the sauna "Lips." She's got these interesting ton-in-cheek lyrics like, just another victim of reality but guilty, painting herself as both the bringer of her own Downfall emotionally causing it in wanting to be seen as the weak one too in some senses it's just it's just an interesting layered message there delivered with catchy pop instrumentals. Number seventeen So Me with her new single Dum Dum This I think actually is her most catchy single yet. Very fun, wish I could whistle so bad when I listen to it. Very catchy, easy to dance along to. The bridge is everything. Her wardrobe is so cute. I also just like how it's a very refreshing premise because in the video, it's not girl gets boy or girl holds grudge and gets revenge on this boy. It's more like girl acknowledges boy and shrugs and moves on with her day. And then she literally sings about dancing on his head I don't don't have any words for that, it's just funny, and she literally gets to in the video, so live vicariously through her, passively acknowledge someone you're mad at. Just has a lot of personality just like her. Number 16, Golden Child with Game Changer. In the music video for Ruh Pam Pam, as much as I am still a stan for the Genie era, I do think Golden Child's expansion of their sound away from just cutesy pop has suited them well. And this is a great example of how they're kind of stretching their wings in a way. Because if you're not into the cutesy stuff, don't worry. It interchanges the cutesy sounds with more emotional, rainy day vibes, sentimental songs, and also throws in there some more confident songs, a mix of vibes this time, And if none of that is for you, the music video still might be, with a really interesting apocalypse going on that continues the story of their last comeback. So not only does this album excite because it's a brand new chapter for them sonically, but you can also look forward to what comes next visually through the music video story here. Bottom of the Ocean is definitely the standout B-side. Number 15. ONF, aka On and Off, with summer pop-up album and the single, Popping. They look like they are having so much fun on this album, and it is just so cute to hear them say, you know, hey there, please don't sing sad song. That's so cute. It's the perfect way to just kick away the end of summer blues. It's very, very fun and cute and wholesome. And aside from the fun title track, I love the album trailer video where they're like playing in a toy igloo and stuff. It's very school-play-esque, and it actually kind of reminded me of in the movie Elf, when Buddy goes to find his dad. He's leaving the North Pole, and he talks to the snowman on his way out and stuff as he's walking through the North Pole setting to leave. Just the igloos and everything reminded me of that scene in Elf. What's not to love? It's a cute and fun release. Summer End has beautiful harmonies. Summer Poem is super fun and playful. Those are the standout B-sides. Number 14. JB with his debut solo release, Somo Fume. I'm just so happy for JB and, of course, all the Solo Got 7 members who are really doing very distinct from each other music and thriving while doing so. Plus, it just felt super new and exciting and, like, it. Officially was the torchlighting ceremony moment of this next chapter for him, hearing the cha-cha beat boy phrase that is a hallmark of AOMG label artist's songs, so he was officially inducted into AOMG with that intro. It's a really cool, smooth R&B album that, for the most part, just sticks to that R&B vibe and lets his voice shine, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a bunch of bells and whistles, and... That's fine. And there is a fun twist. One song on there in particular breaks out the acoustic guitar, but for the most part, just a smooth R&B release. The standout B-side to me is Fame, his collab with Juni, and Into You is a great one to just really, really highlight his vocal ability. Number 13. Sayaka Yamamoto, or Yamamoto Sayaka, Don't Hold Me Back. She is a soloist, but she really does, this song, in this song especially, have the feel of being part of a K-pop group where you've got the rapping and the singing and the dance number. It just feels like if she was in a K-pop group, she would have every title. The leader, the signature dancer, the key main vocalist, the rapper. She really shows off many talents in this one song. Her voice is basically another instrument in the song, and it just delivers it in unexpected directions. And sometimes she doesn't even need real words to make the song captivating. She just goes, ah, and the way she does it, really pretty. She's she's an incredible performer, and I actually just gained a new level of respect for her just from this incredible song. Number 12 real-life besties, Ki and Taeon with the single Hate That. They are just the cutest friends in real life, and so I was so psyched, and it really delivered. Their voices just sound so good together. Their story really just grabs you because they're good at acting the part of scorned lovers in this case, because although they're not boyfriend and girlfriend or anything, in real life they are such good friends and care about each other, so their chemistry is played off very believably playing the role of exes in this video. Couldn't pick a better person to collab for this first single off of Keysnick's project. And Hate That is one of those songs. If people were more open-minded, again, I've gone on this rant countless times before, so I won't today, but I'm just saying, if it was likely that more K-pop acts than just like five groups could top music charts in the USA, if that was going to happen, this one I think would be a shoe in It's definitely the kind of sound of a collab I could picture one of the biggest Western pop stars releasing and having it be called the song of the year. It's, it's a type of song with a vibe I could picture a lot of people really vibing with here if they knew about it and gave it a chance. Number 11. TXT's album repackage, The Chaos Chapter, Freeze or Escape. Honestly, I try to avoid putting an album repackage in my top 20 list when I already put the original version of the album on this top 20 list the month before, because I just want to give more time and save space on the top 20 list for more artists, more variety. But this time, I just could not not acknowledge the TXT repackage, because as much as we have a love-hate relationship with repackages financially and morally, in terms of knowing that it's just an interesting, clever way to make more money to repackage what album fans already bought, add one or two new songs, and people will buy the repackage too for more posters, photo cards, etc., and we can also feel like that's annoying or unfair but we also love to see it because it's like a bonus comeback, so it's okay to have a love-hate relationship with repackages, but in this case, it honestly makes perfect, perfect sense to do a repackage outside of the whole practical or financial realm of thinking about this, but even just authentically, storyline-wise, this made perfect sense for TXT because the original version of this album focused on feeling stuck and frozen in time, unsure how to proceed about your love for someone. But, as Subin told Elite Daily in an interview, this repackage brings a slightly different message. Quote, Because of his love, he isn't content with staying frozen. He wants to take action and change things for the better, not only for himself, but for her. Unquote. Subin also said that this new single, Loser equals Lover, should be considered like a behind-the-scenes version of the last title track story. The same story, but from a new angle. Now it's not, well, at least one thing's for sure, I know I love you. Now it's, what do we do about it? The song is in many ways kind of a continuation of Dear Sputnik, thematically speaking. They put a lot of thought into every single detail about this video. Loser equals lover has a heart instead of a V, and a dollar sign instead of an S. The heart, we know what that represents, but as for the money, Subin said it is used, quote, to represent the need people have for money. It also implies that while we dislike how much adults obsess over money, we dream big because you and I still need money, Yeonjun followed that up by saying, quote, Honestly, rather than admit the importance of money, I thought that happiness came first. However, after starting to work early on in my life, I'm realizing money is a necessity, unquote. Taehyun added that, yeah, young people these days do have to grow up faster and have to admit sometimes money does have to buy your happiness. Invest early in your life. And that is also meant on a metaphorical level, not just financial here. So they get that money should not buy happiness, but in our society, it kind of has to. I just thought that was a really thoughtful way to answer a question about such a minute detail with this song. And as they continue to accurately express the feelings of youth, they do so with a pop rock angst that feels authentic and perfect, again, for what message they're trying to say. They're not hopping onto a pop-rock angsty sound because it is getting a resurgence in popularity. They're doing it because for their authentic storytelling here, it actually makes perfect sense for them to go down that musical route. So it's not a gimmick is what I'm trying to say. This repackage feels thematically like a bonus chapter in the story they are trying to write. Their other big new song worth noting here is Moa Diary, which all five members contributed to. It has a lot of cute Easter eggs, nods to previous songs of theirs. It is a delight for fans to hear, which is good because it is their first official fan song. And physical album copies actually include excerpts from the members' actual diaries. Some more cool details about this release. For this new A-side, Loser Equals Lover, song credits include... Louis Bell, who has worked with 5 Seconds of Summer before, TXT's Yeonjun, and Billy Walsh, who has worked with The Weeknd. It was actually Yeonjun's first time contributing to a TXT title track. He wrote the bridge and, for the first time for a title track, wrote his own rap for it. One more mind-blowing detail about this release, the guitar sounds in Loser Equals Lover came from Keith Richard's guitar. When Hybe merged with Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings, Scooter Braun gifted TXT, Keith Richard's guitar, for this song. That detail, I feel like, was really underreported. That feels like a massive deal to me. Number 10. Sunmi, with her new mini album, One Sixth, and the single, You Can't Sit With Us. First of all, If you are going to quote Mean Girls in your work, it better be original, because as much as I constantly quote it, I also need to admit that it is, it can get old. We've all heard this stuff so many times, we're still gonna keep saying it, but it's like, get in the loser, we're looking for new jokes and references. But Sunmi made sure to do that. It's kind of like the Catwoman reference, her tale music video. She takes these super classic characters and just totally incorporates the stories into her songs in unexpected ways. And this time it's the You Can't Sit With Us, the Regina George-esque bedroom and wardrobe. But then there's a plot twist halfway through. She's in a video rental store and basically fends off a bunch of zombies, It's a weird, kind of a cliffhanger romance ending with a zombie, I think. It's just really fun and unexpected, and the smooth way she just says, you can't sit with us, I hate you, effortless sass that we love to see. This album's most notable b-sides, narcissism and borderline. Borderline is a really powerful one where she first got vulnerable and opened up about borderline personality disorder, which was very touching and important. That song has more of a rock feel to it, just very powerful. And Narcissism is just a fun song. Some fun facts from this project. Sunmi actually trained seriously with a stunt director for the music video, for the zombie apocalypse. She trained with the same stunt director from Kingdom, the show, and trained in Busan. Number 9. Ha Sun Woon with Select Shop and, of course, the music video for Strawberry Gum. When he released Sneakers, I was blown away and thought, boy does he have the charisma, he has the it factor, so likable. And then he released this and it surpassed my expectations once again. I have a lot of respect for what he does with pop songs, which is, keeps a lot of songs really light and fun and peppy but he also manages to add a level of unexpected softness and sentimentality to some of his songs, like Galaxy Dust, for example. That song has that feel where not every singer could do that song justice, but he managed to. He knows how to give a pop song the perfect dose of emotion and delicate vocals without overkill. So he's never overly dramatic, but he knows when to tap into a softer, more emotional side of him, if that's what the song demands. And he's, of course, his usual adorable, upbeat self throughout the album. I really like that it starts with Cake. That song reminds me of Bird, his first solo single, so really cute to hearken back to that vibe. And overall, the versatility on the album just makes for a really fun and entertaining listening session number eight i don't like mondays with their new album black humor this album is one of those where their attitude is great because it comes out in a very measured plain way so like the way they drop their f-bombs and stuff they don't take out their angst in an overtly angsty way you have to kind of read between the lines and that makes it all the more fun The melancholy delivery is just really great. They also have a mix of vibes. There's this cool power ballad of sorts that's track 10. The song Gift is another notable ballad. There are super retro and super fun vibes on Moon Night and Plastic City. The intro itself is pretty fun too, just the synthesizer sound. Leads right into one of their first singles off the album, Mr. Clever, which is super fun and fast-paced. Then there's a fun jazzy vibe, then it goes to a ballad, then the retro stuff, the melancholy tone, power ballads. It's just a really interesting order. You never know what comes next. Mix in every way, genre-wise, vocally, lyric-wise, the personality in each song, a very fun variety. Number seven, Red Velvet, the album and title track, Queendom. First of all, the title track is so, so cute. It's their own kind of twist on bibbidi-bobbidi-boo with the "da bee bop boop bop a and it's just so fun. Plus, they have this pretty dreamscape of sorts. The settings are just incredible for two big reasons, one being that they add to the whole lore of the SM Entertainment Cinematic Universe I have gone on and on and on about on this show before, where different things are different sizes, they're giants or they shrunk, the dimensions are messed with. It's a wonderland of sorts. Second cute thing about the setting is just the color scheme. It's so aesthetically done, and although the Reve Festival era is behind us, the need to give Red Velvet their own theme park attraction is not. I mean, picture like a Universal Studios sized a lot for the Reve Fest amusement park and wonderland-esque world full of Instagram perfect photo opportunities, full of just cute Disney World-esque decor and rides, and of course red velvet flavored stuff. I've got this all figured out. Anyway, it's the definition of whimsical with them, and we love to see it. If you're an Itsy fan, you should check out Pose. Feels very Itsy-esque to me. If you prefer red velvet spice as opposed to sugar, check out the track Better Be, And if you just want to enjoy their lovely, harmonizing voices and don't care about the -the over-the-top extravagance of the aesthetics, just check out the chiller Hello Sunset. So there's a track on there for all kinds of pop music fans. Number 6, from 20, with the single called Because It'll Be Faster For You To Forget Me Than Me Loving You. I have raved about both of From20's previous releases in my Best of Month episodes before, because he continues to just deliver, and in a smart way too, because a couple of iconic songs at a time, even though he could have just released all of these songs and they would fit very well together on a single album or EP, but he kept the word of mouth longer, which is a strength of the K-pop world overall, I think. But anyway... All of his releases continue to be in his sweet spot, which he seemed to get right out the gate what that was. A very synth-heavy sound that lets his unique vocals shine and combines both specific details about his personal story, the universal and the personal, combine in really interesting ways in his work. And as for the music video, it's a fun detour from what it has been. <laughs> the past releases were more reveling in nostalgia. And now it feels like his character snapped out of a daydream and is like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have this nostalgia. I want to just pretend the relationship never happened. I'm not worth it. And I need to not put this person through that or myself through the eventual heartache. I'm just going to avoid relationships that make me fall in love that deeply going forward. So I guess the one issue I do have with this release is just that he doesn't tie up enough loose ends to me. Some plots get started, like he's tied to train tracks, but they don't really go anywhere, so I would love to see some continuation, some story development going forward. Number five is MCND's new album, Secret Mission Chapter One, and of course the music videos for Movin' and Reason. To get my full review of that album, and my press coverage surrounding this MCND comeback, be sure to check out my substack and go to the blog or interview sections of 17 Com. Number 4. Millet, with the EP Ordinary Days. As I've mentioned so many times on the show previously, Millet is a performer who is truly one of my all-time favorites. She just blows me away every time. And I think it's because of a couple things that really shine on this EP. One is, as always, her really powerful and raw vocal delivery, but at the same time it has this delicateness to it. This fragility, this sense of vulnerability wrapped up in her powerful voice as well. She has these multifaceted songs that embody human emotions in all of their depth and possibly conflicting feelings. It's kind of like the dance pop genre, the crying while dancing sad pop, where it's super sad and emotional, but while crying, people are still loving it and putting the songs on the loop. It has that feel to it. Definitely a standout track would be Castle, a driver's license-esque, very, very sad, piano focused ballad but then partway through there's a short pause and then she giggles and it triggers the second half of the song which suddenly pivots to it's still sad but a more sad pop dancing while crying direction hit the lights is a really great dramatic follow-up song if you were a fan of fire arrow from her last album number three ten with his new solo release Paint Me Naked. A lot of us saw the first teaser images for this solo release, saw the album cover, and really thought we knew what kind of song Ten was going to give us. Love Talk 2.0 or, you know, just straight up bad boy sultry. And what we got was kind of that and kind of not. It was just a very fun surprise because it had so many multitudes. So the lyrics get a bit cheeky, and obviously the song itself is Ten's most mature yet, But the video, he's just flaunting a bunch of colorful outfits. There is no nudity in this video. He's just dancing and having a good time, wearing lots of cute colorful outfits, and saying about hanging out on a weekend date. So it is just light and fun and more mature. Fun and unexpected and predictable in some ways, too. It's quirky. It allows him to put on this hunk persona in the concept images, separate from his persona in the video. So it just shows the multitudes of ten. So it's very exciting to see, and I'm happy he got to express himself. It just screams ten. A perfect song for him because of those multitudes. And while we're talking about his work, first of all, moment of appreciation for the part of the song where he says good intentions and reaches that note. Perfect. Second thing I want to draw attention to, his new collab with fellow band member Yang Yang with the song Lolo, another just super fun, colorful surprise release in between these official group-wide comebacks. He's really just kind of thriving doing these one-off songs right now. Number two, Stray Kids, the album No Easy. This album is a lot to take in the first time. So if you're not really digging it, I highly recommend holding off judgment until you've listened to this album multiple times. Because you'll pick up on punny lyrics or video easter eggs or instrumental details. Stray Kids' work is just so jam-packed, visually and auditorily, that you've really got to take your time to pause and work your way through it to really appreciate it. They throw everything everything but the kitchen sink into this album and cooked up something wonderful. I'm really glad Stray Kids has taken the sound and vibe of God's Menu and run with it still. This really is their sweet spot musically. They call it basically noise music. A discussion about what actually counts in the noise music genre is for another day, but... The point is, they take the word noisy, which is what their album No Easy is a nod to, and make sure they define it in a good way. They're not being noisy as in annoying, noisy as in making sure you pay attention to what they have up their sleeves. They're reclaiming the word noisy, and it's really interesting because it's kind of been dubbed the 333 formula, because God's Menu. Backdoor, and this new title track, Thunderous, are all three-syllable titles in Korean. So there's like something about their three-syllable song titles that really makes them pop off. Also, Three Racha made Thunderous, so we knew it was going to go off. Fun fact, Felix said that this comeback's concept should be thought of as black and red and goblin-themed, which we talked about when we were talking about an earlier ace comeback on the show, is a good thing. Again, it's kind of a reframing here of how we look at certain words and terms, because in Korea, goblins are a good thing. It's not like a kind of insult or evil creature, like it's made out to be in the USA. No, in Korean stories, goblins are a sign of good luck. Being compared to a goblin is a compliment. So Stray Kids overall is just next level, proud, and unapologetic on this release. I also think it's an interesting choice, tracklist-wise, that they start with the right out of the gates, commanding your attention songs. They save the sentimental stuff for later on, and then they end with Wolfgang and mixtape O. Wolfgang really feels like this big culmination moment where all the songs thus far you've heard on the album are summarized in this there-you-have-it way. That's our show moment. So for the story's sake, I think the tracklist order was perfect. And it also helps me think about how this could play out for the Thunderous Concert Tour, fingers crossed for 2022, because they had the unit songs towards the end of the tracklist so if they just wanted to go right down through the tracks in order, it would actually be quite well-timed. Get everybody up and cheering and stuff, right away with the intro songs, then the members get a break and switch off being on stage for the unit stages, then come all back for another thunderous song begging for an encore, Wolfgang. Drumroll, please, for number one. Grey with the album Grey Ground, and a host of music videos. I went into listening to this album expecting to like it. I have listened to Grey's music and enjoyed it for years now, but I was not expecting to like it this much, because honestly, previously, I found his best releases to be the one-off singles, the myriad of collaborations he's done, that kind of stuff. As a guest feature, he is often a very good adaptable choice to collab with whoever you are. That being said, he also really shines as the star of the show and gives other people an equal chance to shine, which is why I think I was so impressed with this album because emphasis on equal chance to shine here because it's such a great, well-done balancing act where every song has a collaborator who gets the chance to shine on a verse The chorus, whatever they add to the song, they do add it in meaningful ways. It's kind of like, no offense to DJ Khaled's stands, but it's kind of like a DJ Khaled album in terms of the collaboration element, only better. So it's not overstuffed, but each collaboration feels they're not for commercial purposes, but they're because genuinely the song demands it. The song needs them. It just works out that way, and I think every collaborator just feels perfect for their assigned song. So this is both a great body of work to demonstrate Grey's artistry on his own, his catchiness, his unique musical worldview, form of musical storytelling that blends rap and funky synths, singing, some toy piano type sounds, all sorts of quirky stuff. And it gets to show off the unique signature sound vocally and instrumentally that each of those collaborators brings to the table definitely the most remarkable tracks are rise featuring devita i don't love you featuring kugi close to you featuring punchinello the bass in that perfect and party for the night featuring loco and lehigh now to run through some honorable mentions real quick Astro, with their new EP Switch On, and the music video is for After Midnight. This album basically bottles up summer, so when it's a winter month, it's dreary out, and you need a mood boost, go to this album. They have the sounds of ocean waves and guitar strumming on sunset sky. They also have just some unique moments in terms of what they do with instruments. Like, it ends the album, with this song that has this guitar pitch, it just riffs in a really interesting way that I was not expecting. So there are a lot of little details added to the songs on here that people who really listen closely to songs like I do will pick up on and appreciate. Brave Girls with the album After We Ride and the music video for the song of the same title. You know, Brave Girls really excels and is classic Brave Girls when they are just kind of cheery, like we just had with the Chemat Matt Baram release, but it's quite impressive. They actually really did a 180 with After We Ride and pulled it off, showed a really unique side to themselves and this interesting post-breakup, go-out-and-live-your-best-single-life vibe. It literally went from day to night, went from... A big summer vacation to that end of summer blues feeling and it also changed in terms of the sound more of a synth pop emotional laden song it was just a cool switch up pentagon a three person subunit with their new song cerberus it's really interesting to see pentagon in this new light they have a few moments here and there where they you know say "au" and make the sound effects and whatnot that make me think classic Pentagon. So they added those bits in there, but other than that, it's a brand new side of them. Really just dark and edgy and interesting. It's also like they released this new song just for my new mythology episode of the show. Shameless plug, as always. With the reference to Cerberus, the three-headed dog in Greek mythology. I've got to, of course, give a shout-out to Seventeen's new OST, Warrior, which is a little more mature than I expected, but I'm digging it. You know how much I was raving about Gaho's last single, Rush Hour, something I literally listened to for hours on end one day. Well, I found a new one to put on a loop, maybe not as good because that was- I excessively enjoyed Rush Hour, but aside from that, another excellent song from Gaho is his new single, Ride from BDC. I love when they continue a theme, both sonically and visually, and they are very much doing that with the video for Moonwalker. Another great music video, Summer Tights. It's a song from DPR Live's album that came out before August, but the video is brand new and worth a watch. He goes under quite the transformation, and he's got blonde hair now, shirtless. Just go check it out. You won't regret it. Fakie has this new video out for Sayonara My Ex, and it is brutal. They actually include all these pictures of them with their exes, and they have their faces covered, but it's still pretty savage in the best way. Obviously, I have to shout out the butter remix, BTS featuring Megan The Stallion, Hyolin and Dossum gave us a mini Sistar reunion that I feel like it's illegal not to have at least once per summer. Summer Queens returned with a song aptly titled, Summer or Summer. It's a cute song, loved seeing them together again, and their wardrobe in the video is enviable as well. The boys, with their new album, Thrilling, look like they're having so much fun and definitely gives off a vibe like "Sweet Life of Zack and Cody or some sort of goofy, G-rated, family-on-vacation comedy movie. It's very, very fun. And then things to actually take a more dramatic turn with the song Nightmares on the album, which I highly recommend. It's very, very new-for-them sound, not in a bad way. I like how they kept it bright and cheerful, and then you get to Nightmares, and you're in for a shock in the best way. I love this Maxis project, as it's called, from Ryan Jun so far. And the best way to build up excitement to kick off that series of releases he has, to me, was with NCTU. U. Hei-Chan and Doyeon teamed up for the vocals on Maniac. It is just such an interesting, unexpected release from them. And I love when different NCT members come together in unexpected combinations. Speaking of NCT, SM Entertainment really blew me away this month with the SM Orchestra, the massive live orchestra, recreating yet another K-pop classic. This time they did Make-A-Wish by NCT U and it floored me. I absolutely went into listening to it with very low expectations, was prepared to feel like it was cringy or just bizarre and unlistenable. But no, this orchestra turned a catchy hip-hop and pop song into a beautiful orchestral number. I don't know how they did it, but it's really remarkable. Just bravo to them. Some J-pop singles I recommend. Back On has a great new GM called Waves. Seven Billion Dots has a cool song, Mazica Party. I believe it's supposed to sound like Magical Party. And they released two versions. So if the rock version isn't for you... Maybe the electronic hyperpop type song will be something you dig. Haven't heard much music from Lee Donahue before, but I checked out his new song Keep Your Head Up, and it is just so sweet and cute and there's nothing to dislike about it, so go check that out for a pick me up. As for the best English releases released this past month. My favorite has got to be Charlie XCX and Saweetie. Angel Corey, cory they're iconic already dance pop song out out it's perfect for re-entering clubs dance parties etc post vaccination for further commentary on my picks today as well as playlists to watch the music videos and check out the songs i talked about today check out my latest blog post 17kpop.weebly.com hyperlinks are a part of that write-up. You could also see the videos embedded right there in the article if you're subscribed to the newsletter version, which is free, howtostand.substack.com. Thank you all for listening as always. Happy listening, and I will talk to you all again super soon.